Hello, and welcome to episode 174 of the Mo Money Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Morehouse. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this one is rated E for explicit because uh, my next guest, Paulette Perhatch, made this one term super famous, went viral. I'm talking about the fuck off fund. Um, so she wrote an article a little while ago called the fuck off fund or, or I think that was integrated into, uh, the article. Anyways, it's an amazing, amazing piece. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. So make sure to go to jessicamoros.com slash 174. Um, it will possibly make you cry. Got a little tear head after, uh, reading it because it was, so real and relatable. And basically, it is kind of the uh, story, you can kind of almost picture yourself in it, where you're a person that does not have an emergency fund. Doesn't sound super like crazy, but basically, we've probably all known somebody or maybe we've been in a situation where because we didn't have a little cash on the side to get us out of a sticky situation, Well, we were in that sticky situation. So without a fuck off fund, without an emergency fund, we can't say no to people. You know, for instance, if we get harassed at a job, we don't want to really speak up because we're afraid of losing our job because we don't have any money or savings. So we can leave that job and coast for a little bit until we find the next job. That's just one example she kind of gives in her um, piece about it. But it's, it's really powerful. And so we talk a bit about that. We kind of talk about her own personal finance journey. uh, But we also talk about um, what it's actually like to be a full-time writer and try to make a living. Um, I haven't talked to too many people on the show who are kind of full-time artists, but it is damn hard. I mean, I know that um, firsthand is because my husband works in the music industry here uh, in Toronto, and he works with artists all the time. And it's they are so passionate and in love with their craft. But it, uh, you know, it's hard to pay the bills. It's hard to make a living. Um, but we need to support these people. Um, and we need to uh, really put more value onto artists and writers like Paulette, who is an amazing writer. So uh, she has actually just come out published uh, her book called Welcome to the Writer's Life. So it's actually all about her life and writing. And uh, to give you a little idea of like what Paulette's background is, like she's she's kind of a big deal. Um, so she's been published in the New York Times, Elle, Slate, Cosmopolitan, Marie Claire, Stylist UK, and Salonge, just to name a few fancy um, magazines, and also a ton of newspapers. But also her book is amazing too. And I actually got to know her in person this past spring, going to that retreat. I think I've pretty much had everyone from the retreat on the show. If not, I will. Um, and and she is just an amazing person. And so you're going to love this episode because we talk about a lot of different things. And it's going to it's going to get to you. We get we go go deep in this episode. It's a very deep episode. So I know you're going to love it. Um, but before I get to that interview with Paulette, here's just a few words about this episode's sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money podcast is supported by FabFitFun. Have you tried out one of FabFitFun subscription boxes? No? Well, what are you waiting for? In case you don't know, FabFitFun is a subscription box service that provides full-sized beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle goodies for one low price. How low? Combined, all the products in their boxes are valued at $200, but you only pay $49.99. That means you could get a box of 8 to 10 full-sized products from brands like The Honest Company, Tarte Cosmetics, Kate Somerville, Free People, Summer and Rose, and more for less than $50. Not only that, shipping is free for most U.S. locations and just $8 for other locations like Canada. And because FabFitFun is awesome, they are offering $10 off to all Mo Money podcast listeners. Just use the promo code MONEY and get $10 off at checkout. 
To learn more or to get your first box, visit FabFitFun.com and use promo code MONEY. That's FabFitFun.com and promo code M-O-N-E-Y. Thanks so much, Paulette, for joining me on the Mo Money Podcast. Excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to chat with you again. I know. I'm so glad that we got to meet uh, as many of the people I've had on the show recently uh, at the uh, event that we went to, Statement, where it was just women bosses being bosses. And it's funny because when you said, oh, yeah, I'm the girl that wrote um, the piece about the fuck off fund, I'm like, oh, I've read that. That's cool. It's like, <laughs> oh, I think it means the author behind the, the viral piece that went viral. That's pretty cool. And uh, I reread it. I'm like, damn, that's some good writing. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. That's my number one. That's what I've dedicated my life to try to be able to do is write well. Um, yeah. And it's been, you know, a lot of years working at it. And then you realize like, oh, my writing is better. It yeah. works. I know. Hard it's like practice does works. make perfect. <laughs> yeah. If I could write the fuck off fund again, I was like, the, I only have one regret about it. I wish she was like storming out and it was like a rainy day. So it's going to be like a play on the rainy day fund. So I want to, yeah, I want to start off with uh, the piece that you wrote. Um, And if anyone hasn't, you know, read it, uh, I will put it in the show notes so you can read it because it's a must read. Uh, How did that come about? Like, how did you have that idea? You pitch it to, um, and and where was it first um, published? Because it It went pretty much everywhere. It was first published in the Billfold. Mm -hmm. Oh, Wow. And then it's been crazy to see it go all over the world. It's everywhere. Like it yeah, because I'm like, I don't think that's even where I read it. I probably read it somewhere else. Yeah, it was published and uh, republished in the Huffington Post, in the New York Observer, and then just linked a lot to a lot of yeah. different places. So, um, yeah, it was bonkers. I was sitting there working my day job, and, you know, it, I hadn't pitched it. I really prefer to write the full story before oh. I send it in because I think by writing. So I don't know what it's going to be, right? And it really Mm -hmm. just started off, it actually started off as three different funds that every young person should have, like an amazing opportunity fund. I had a friend who got an offer to go to Italy for the summer to work, but she needed her ticket. She needed, you know, you need all this like liquid capital. Yeah. Um, And so I, but then I like, you know, you work it, you work it, you work it, you keep doing drafts. And I decided to just focus on this one um, kind of structure where I tell the story in one way where you're pretty typical um, young professional who kind of just gets a job and is like, woohoo, and just gets into credit card debt and lives a little b- above her means. And then if you get harassed uh, by your boss or abused by your boyfriend, what that might look like if you don't have the money to get out of a situation. Mm-hmm. And then kind of retelling the story where you live way below your means, save that money, and then you have that liquid capital to... Uh, to get yourself yeah. out of certain situations where people have control over your resources and abuse that control. Absolutely. Why do you think, because when I read it, I had like a very emotional reaction to it. I've never been in the situation of, you know, I guess not having the you know, fuck off fun, but I, I think one of my things was actually, it has always been front of mind. And I don't know why, probably just honestly like watching TV and just like, I don't want to live that life. Mm. Um, but I'm like, the biggest reason I think I got into personal finance is I always wanted to be really independent. I never wanted to rely on anybody else. I never wanted to find myself in a situation I couldn't afford to get out of because a lot of the people that are living um, beyond their means or living in poverty, a lot of it has to do with they don't have the means to get out. And a lot of people mm. judge, well, why don't they just get a job? It's like, that's not the 
problem. Um, it's a so lot expensive of it's, you know, to be broke. You know, yeah. it's just like, oh, it's this whirlwind. Once you get in debt, it's the worst. Yeah, it's just hard to dig yourself out. And so for me, I felt really like, wow, like that's that just when I read it, it just felt so real. I was wondering, like, is that was that complete fiction that you just wrote based off people you know and just tidbits that you or or did any of it have to do with your personal story? Yeah, no, it definitely was kind of a fictionalization of things that have happened to me. Um, I was sexually harassed by a boss and just kind of like sat there trying to convince myself that it was fine because mm-hmm. I really needed the money. And I was um, in a few emotionally um, abusive relationships, uh, one that went physically abusive one time, and I still was just like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, then for the first time, so I've always, I've always had a very tumultuous relationship with money Yeah, and spent most of my twenties really broke, always living outside my means. And it's something I struggle with to this day. It's been so yeah. funny how I have kind of been looped into the personal finance community. And I love that. I love talking about it, but I am like right there in the, in, the, in the middle of it with everyone else. And like this year, my financial life is going so shitty and I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, so I got a job at a tech company, uh, in my late twenties and really great job, totally lucked out. And, um, finally for the first time since being harassed in those, in those ways, I had a few thousand in the bank and I saw how those stories would have gone if I had had that money at that time. And I didn't realize that harassment and abuse are a kind of, are a kind of emergency for which you need an emergency fund. Yeah. Um, And what I love about art and its role in our human experience is that it does make you feel Mm -hmm. the lessons. I mean, art, you know, um, we like a good story releases dopamine in your brain Mm -hmm. and it really is like we evolved story to stick lessons and to stick wisdom into our brains and our souls. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool. And I think that was the first time that I really felt that. And, um, you know, you can, you can write up a a hundred articles about like savings rates and blah, blah, blah. Five ways to do blah. Yeah. But when you make someone feel what it's yeah. like to be stuck without money, I think that was the power of, uh, of writing and mm-hmm. just of art. So that was really, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. And just, I felt like specifically with your writing too, it was, I, I mean, I read a lot of personal finance articles and stuff like that. A lot of it is just informational, but with your article, it was, you know, like you said, there's the lesson wrapped in there, but it was very visual and I'm a very visual mm-hmm. person and, and t- to read writing that is like, I can see how this is all going down in this story. It was like, wow, that's really impactful. And I think that's honestly the reason why it went viral. It's like, there are so, I know there's so many women reading it being like, oh my God, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> or so, that could have been me, or that might be me if I don't get my shit together. So the first hint that that was going to go big was uh, someone, some writer in New York tweeted it out and said, and tagged me and was like, so yeah, I'm sobbing at my desk right now or something. And I was just like, Oh oh my God. Um, And then uh, like at 10 AM Jezebel wrote a piece about my piece. And I was just sitting in my cubicle and I just like slowly turned around to my friend. Like I just looked around and I was like, went over to my friend's desk and I was like, something is happening. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they were all I, like, I was like, I was working in this like environmental engineering company. Oh, the blue angels are here. Can you hear them? No, but fun. Sorry. 
Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's real fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, that's in America. We like to fly planes around in America for fun. I, I, I understand that. <laughs> um, and uh, so, yeah, and then it just went bonkers in this way that uh, was pretty crazy. And I told myself, that I was allowed to just like sit on that for a year. I was like, okay, you're allowed to just be like to do this for a year, but don't become the chick who's just like, I wrote an essay right. 10 years ago. And that's still my brand, which is exactly what I'm doing right now because um, it just kept coming up. And I think yeah. with the, um, with the me too movement, it just yeah. kind of became like this whole thing. And so it's kind of a permanent installation now I still have a lot to say about it. Um, I think my next book will be some kind of weird money book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized after that article came out that my last four essays had been either about class or money. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like weirdness there in my personal history. So, Yeah. 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 And I'd say like with, you know, I counsel, uh, clients one-on-one and, most of them honestly have a lot of debt and that's why they're mm-hmm. trying to find a solution. And also most of them, I mean, almost all of them do not have an emergency fund. And so it is a very common story. And I feel like it's, it's not like, I feel like from all the information, all the stuff that's out there, if you go to news websites, when it's talking about money, it's literally just talking about investing, savings rates, just like all the stuff you said. No one's talking about this real stuff that people are really dealing with. I don't know mm-hmm. why we're not talking about this. We're all talking about wealth and building wealth and look at all the money I've made. Why aren't we talking about, but, you know, the kind of other side of like, I am literally at the bottom just trying to survive here. Uh, yeah. I mean, and there's so many other aspects of it too. I think there's a lot of parallels to the uh, obesity epidemic where it's mm-hmm. all, we all put all like personal responsibility on it. Yeah. And we don't talk about like, um, you know, the way that our brains have been hacked by companies who know exactly yeah. what humans respond to. I mean, we're not machines. We are these like weird meat bags running an operating <laughs> system that's like a hundred thousand years old. And so I'm really interested in um, evolutionary psychology and um, uh, behavioral economics. Dan Ariely is super cool. And I also read this amazing book called um, Brandwashed by Martin mm-hmm. Lindstrom. That's about neuromarketing, Ooh. which is crazy. I mean, literally, like, if you want to feel like a robot who's reading her own manual, yeah. that book will So really what, what's the book like go in that. depth about? So basically just how they are putting humans into like MRI machines and showing ads and seeing like what part of your brain lights up. Yeah. For example, if you are shown the logo of a brand that you're very passionate about, like Apple or Harley Davidson, the same part of your brain lights up as when you look at a religious symbol of your religion. Oh, that's scary. That's and there scary. was like the craziest thing I read about it was this mall in China that started playing the same music over and over and incentivizing pregnant women to come to the mall. And then like a year and a half later when their babies were born, they kept playing the same music and the moms would be like, my baby is so calm in the mall. Like when I need to calm my baby down, I just come here because I just calmed down. Oh my it's God. Like, it's creepy. It's so creepy. It's ex- Everything is extremely yeah. creepy right now. So... There is just, 
there's this invisible war going on yeah. to just pull money out of us and we don't talk about it. And we all yeah. say like, why can't I? I mean, I have a lot of personal shame about being so shitty with money. I've sucked so bad this year with money. Like I started my blog. I'm like, I'm going to save my fuck off on this year. Oh, fake out. I'm going to go entirely in the opposite direction and get into debt this year again for fun. Um, <laughs> but just keep coming back to like hating myself is not the answer. No. And, uh, just keep re-examining and redesigning my systems and taking it like easy on myself, but not being too easy on myself. Yeah. There's like a balance. It's funny that we're talking about this. Cause I, uh, you know, this is a very common conversation I have with the clients I deal with. It's, we make a plan and then it's just at, the after work is like implementing the plan. It's like, it is just numbers. If it was that easy, everyone would be doing it, but it's not because yeah. shit happens in our lives. Um, you know, stressful situations, situation where you're like, you know what? I just don't, I just can't, I just cannot deal with another thing on my plate. Totally mm. get that. And so, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's about not beating yourself up because you're a terrible person because, oh my gosh, you got into debt or you can't stick to your budget. You're the worst, which I feel like sometimes that's the messaging from a lot of people, not like, you know, that blatant, but a lot of it is just like, oh, well, just stop spending. It's like, if it was that easy, we would all not like, like we wouldn't be in this situation. Yeah. Like, that's just not the issue. But also not being too easy on yourself. So you just kind of coast because that's not going to better. It's yeah. like, it's a, it's basically like for me, when I think about it, um, like sometimes I, I feel guilty for not having ever really been that bad with my money. But again, mm-hmm. it's like circumstance is a lot to do with it. My parents mm-hmm. were always very, very conscious of their money because they were raising three kids that were very young. They had no money and they needed to feed us. So they were very conscious of like, okay, we need to make this work. And so we were well, frugal for- skill then. You yeah, know, so like, that's, so I learned yeah. that. And so it was easy to integrate that when I was an adult. But if you learn something different, if your circumstances were different growing up, that's a hard- habit to break after like 20 years of being like, oh no, I just spent money because that's what my parents did. And now I don't understand that I can't do this anymore because it's not working for me. Like, it's just, it's not that easy, but it's also not, not as hard as people I think, think it is. Yeah. I've been, you know, I've, I've been making those slow changes. You know, Mm -hmm. I worked with someone who feeds herself on $65 a month God. And <laughs> I definitely like right now I have like my tuber in my office because I know that like a sweet potato is the best thing for it lasts forever. And when I'm hungry, I can just be like, I'm going to eat this instead of going to yeah. Starbucks and getting a sandwich or whatever. Um, so mm-hmm. breaking those habits and realizing that it's a slow process. And I, you know, I do, I am trying to make more money. I want to yeah. make good money because I do like those things. Um, so it's it's just living within your means, and I don't I feel I I feel like Rain Man because money just to me like does not make sense. I have no sense. Yeah. I, I was looking yesterday because when we did it, when you and I did our financial coaching together, yeah. um, you gave me a spreadsheet to fill out, and I was I like, did. I gotta do it. <laughs> and I was looking at my spending um, on my bank's app, and it said like five thousand dollars in January. I was like, oh my god, how did I spend five thousand dollars? Like whatever. And like $4,000. And then I realized that it was all my accounts. There was like something where my spending was actually $1,400. And I was like, oh, okay. But then I'm like, how do I not know whether I have spent $1,400 or $5,000? Like literally there's that much of a disconnect in my brain. Yeah. And so I'm just like, you know what? I, 
something is missing in mm-hmm. my brain and I'm just going to get as much help as I need. Yeah. That's what I say about it. So I will get all the coaches. I will start all the blogs, yeah. do all the podcasts, have all the accountability measures that I need to make it happen because it's worth it. And I'm, I don't know. I'm just like, yeah, not going to beat myself up no. about it for sucking at it. No. And it's not that you suck. It's it really, it is. And this is actually like something that I learned when I was training to become a financial counselor is the people that you will work with counseling them. It's not that they're bad with money. It's not that they're bad people. They are actually doing the best they can with the information that they have. That is it. So mm-hmm. you are actually doing the best you can with the information you currently have and the skill set that you have. So you will do better once you have more information and ha- and, and develop better skills. Mm-hmm. Like that is it kind of simplistically. And that is very true. Like the reason I've been good with money throughout my adult life is because I've been good. I've since a baby, I've been very cognizant of spending, not debt. You know what I mean? Like I've built this mm-hmm. up. I've had these skills. I've had these behaviors for so long. Mm-hmm. It would almost be hard for me to break them because I actually don't even know what that looks like. And so if you're on the other side, it's like, I know that sounds like, whoa, what was me? I know. I hate talking about that. No, I used to feel I mean, such I mean, guilt about not being a debt blogger because those at the time when I started, everyone was like, I have $50,000 in debt and I'm paying back. I'm like, I have no debt. I'm bored. I mean, <laughs> it's it's hard to talk about what you're good at. And I think maybe that's like a female thing too, you yeah. know, where it's like, I'm, just, yeah, I'm not good at that. No, fuck it. You're good yeah. at money. And that's why you help people with it. I'm good at writing mm-hmm. and that's why I help people with it. And I mm-hmm. seek help in, in areas of money. I realized, have you read The Willpower Instinct? No. That's a fantastic book by Kelly McGonigal. Um, she talks about, I will power and I won't power. Oh. So my I will power to make myself do stuff is, is on point. I can make myself do shit. I can make myself go to the gym, do X, Y, Z. My, I won't power is terrible. And Mm -hmm. also the thing about I will power is that if I say like, I'm going to make myself right today. No, I'm not going to. And I break, then I can still go back and like, be like five minutes later, be like, no, I will, you know? But if you're trying to not do something like spend money, once you crack once, that's it. Right. Yeah, It's hard to get back on the bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's me. So that's fine. It's a, (laughs) well, again, like, and I say this to everybody, money, just like, you know, I always kind of relate it to fitness because they're very, very similar. It's like, it's accumulative. It's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, for me, I used to beat myself up when I'd be doing kind of a workout program and I would miss a couple of days and be like, well, I guess I'm done. Like I have to start from square one. I have to start from the workout. Number one, not number 20, because I missed two workouts. That is literally the worst thing you could do. Cause then you'll always be going back to square one. You'll never be moving forward. And that's the same with money. It's like, if you mess up once, fine, just be like, okay, messed up acknowledging. We'll try to do better. Let's continue mm-hmm. down the course. But that's also like a skill set that you have to, you just have to, it's, and that really comes down to, I think with being uh, like confident in yourself and just knowing that you can continue it's easier to throw Mm. in the towel um but like going back to kind of the whole like you're like i just don't get money like real life example i've always been ashamed because in the past i wasn't as knowledgeable about investing as like lots of my you know male finance friends and they talk and i'd be like "Uh uh-huh i don't know what uh, that is i have to look that up later um and so i'm like okay well this isn't something they were born with they just learned how to do it and maybe they just you know have a better knack for picking up that information than me i just have to work a little bit harder for it to sink in well i've been working then i put like really big goal on myself like i'm gonna make a investing course (laughs) why Mm -hmm. not and so i've been researching like crazy literally there's a pack of textbooks right next to me and the other day 
I was talking to my husband about um, something investing. He's like, you know what's so crazy? Like all this, like a couple years ago was like gibberish to me. And now I'm like, I totally get it. He's like, that's what education's called. Like mm-hmm. that's what learning is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, learning. It de- learning. like sometimes it seems so like impossible. And yeah. then there's like one thing you read one thing and then it just clicks. You're like, oh my God, I get it. Mm-hmm. So it really is just about, you know, like you, it's like owning your shit and then just keep on going. And that's yeah, what you're I, doing by talking I told about myself. It. I'm going to like give myself a freelancer MBA this year. So, Ooh. um, I'm, I have to like just have my book launch this month yeah. and then I have 12 books and, uh, I made a, a course list on lynda.com. And so I just need to like understand how a business works because yep. that's what I'm doing. And no wonder I'm failing at it. And I really like, as an artist, I want to put all my education into learning more about writing and practicing my craft, but I got to just pause that and be like business. Like that's where I'm struggling right now. And mm-hmm. And that's where I need to focus my time if I want to keep doing this as a business. Hundred percent, and that's the hardest thing to be an artist is to basically acknowledge that in this world that we're living in, if you want to make a living off your art, you have to also be a business person, which is it's hard. Most artists don't; they just want to focus their art. I get that. That sucks. I mean, sometimes I feel like a total like traitor because I went to film school. I went to like a super artsy film school and wanted to be a super artsy filmmaker. And I work in finance. I'm a total sellout. But no, I mean, if you love, I like what I'm doing. I'm happy with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm still creative in a way. But anyways, uh, enough about this. I want to talk about your the book that you are c- coming out with, which I <laughs> loved. I think it's amazing. I don't think there's another book out there quite like this. It's called Welcome to the Writer's Life. Uh, how did you get the idea for this? And, and what's it about? So I basically am lucky. Uh, in seven years ago, I moved to Seattle and realized I live six blocks from a writing center, which I had no idea what a writing center was. Mm-hmm. Me neither. So for the first time in my life, I had kind of a writing community. It was basically this place that had classes and readings and it was super fun. I was like, oh my God, I love this. I'm yeah. sitting in there right now, actually, oh. working out of the building. And um, I had been trying to be a writer for a few years by myself. And um, it was uh, it was really hard when I was just in my mom's downstairs bedroom, like after Peace Corps, where I landed totally broke and sad. Mm. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I realized all the things you learn when you get to be around other writers. And I kind of wanted to put that into a book. Yeah. And say, here's how it works. If you're in Nebraska and you don't have a writing center, here's what I know from the people I'm around. Yeah. So it's very much what you need to know most and what you need to know first. So I was in a beginning writing class and someone came in and was talking about how to negotiate a book deal and even giving out the phone number of a lawyer she knew. And I just thought we didn't really need that right then. We needed to focus on craft and making a life out of trying to be a writer, which uh, I wasn't even anywhere close to having a book deal. So I also had situations happen where, you know, I was three, four years in and someone Mm -hmm. would mention, oh, have you ever been to this conference? I'm like, what conference? You know, so it's really a way to just connect people with a lot of the resources out there. I call it freshman orientation for new writers. Mm -hmm. It's just like, listen, here's how everything works. And so the sections are your writing craft, your writing business, your writing practice, and your reading practice, and your, mm-hmm. and your writing life. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like a 
comprehensive view of all the aspects of being a writer. Yeah. And what kind of like when you say a writer, I guess, like what does that exactly mean? Because I know some people are like, oh, does that mean like books? Does that mean writing for like, you know, a publication? Like what does that mean really? So I really focus on people who just want to make the craft of um, of making things with words a mm-hmm. part of their life. And there's a lot of overlap between someone who wants to be a poet and someone who wants to be a screenwriter. Mm. It's really about how do you figure out how to put a lot of time into this without making money at it at first for sure and maybe not ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it focuses a lot on the basics that apply to almost any kind of writer. Like I can't think yeah. of a kind of writer unless you were like, I literally just want to be a technical writer who works at a tech company and yeah. writes manuals. Like maybe this isn't the book. Yeah. For you. <laughs> it's more for creative um, writing. Yeah. It's creative writing for yeah. sure. Yeah. And just so people know, it's like you really are the expert in this because not only did you write that piece that went viral, but you write for a lot of, you know, major publications, you know, New York Times, I don't know, some some pretty fancy, fancy things. Fancy, fancy stuff. Um, I am an expert at beginning to be a writer. Mm-hmm. I felt comfortable with that for sure. And so now I'm kind of in the middle and it's fun. It feels nice. Like I remember seeing people with bios like that, just feeling like it was impossible to cross over to that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so it really is, it's about going from wanting to be a writer to working to be a writer. And mm-hmm. that is what will get you there. I looked for a shortcut for years. Like yeah. I'm a recovering lazy person mm-hmm. and I really just wanted things to come very easily to me in my early twenties. I did not want to work for anything. Um, so I had to go live in, in Paraguay for a few years doing, uh, volunteering with Peace Corps to be like, oh yeah, I think I might be an entitled piece of shit and maybe I should work a little harder and maybe I'll get what I want. You know what? Um, I almost feel like, cause I have a similar story. I, I mean, I was not in Paraguay for two years. I was in Gambia for two months, but yeah. that really did give me the shock to the system to be like, oh my God, I think I'm like a privileged, you know, white suburban asshole. I think I need to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you just don't understand yeah. how privileged you are and how different other parts of the world are. You need to get that reality check. I feel like it should almost totally. be a, a rite of passage. Like everyone should like volunteer abroad and just do something that's completely selfless. Like I, you know, I had to pay my own way. And I, again, like this was like more of a missionary trip. So I have my own reservations about that type of situation, but volunteering abroad, can like really give you a good reality check. Cause then I remember coming home and being like, why are we spending money and all this sh- sh- stuff? Cause like there's people that literally have no, like all they can eat is rice and fish heads, fish head rice. Yeah. And I mean, I have my own reservations about volunteering abroad yeah. too. Yeah. I think the most important part is the relationships and the cultural exchange. 100%. And those people have as much to teach you and to help you with as you have to help them with. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most important part for me was the, uh, was the relationships that I had there. Like my host mom, I just like, I love her. Like she has mm-hmm. a VIP penthouse in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and anytime I hear myself complaining, I can like, would I ever say that to Conchana? Like, mm-hmm. would I say these words? Would it, how would my life look if she were looking at me, if she were here, you know? Yeah. And usually the words that like come to my mind when I, hear myself is just like, just shut the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> I want to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. you know, you don't, you get what you get and what I have now, like, so I live in a, um, 
16 meter squared apartment mm-hmm. in Seattle. And, um, you know, and sometimes I'll, I really love it. It's super cute. And, but sometimes like I have a friend who has consistently made probably less than me on average over the years. She's living in a great house cause she's really frugal. Right. And when I, sometimes I'm just like, well, I live in a house. It's like, well, this is the product of your choices. So if you want something different, you just have to make different choices. Yep. Um, so I think, I think the gap year is a huge part of education that in America we don't allow for or yeah. talk about. And I have a nephew that I really want to encourage to take a gap year and do something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Travel is huge and we don't, it's not a privilege that many Americans mm-hmm. get. Uh, it's true. It is a privilege to be forbid. able to afford to, to do something like that. But yeah. it, for me, it's every, and, and when I say travel too, I'm always just like, when I'm talking about how amazing travel is, I am not saying go to a freaking resort in Mexico. Okay. That is not real. You were in Disneyland right there. Like yeah. it's just not real life. It's going where locals actually are. And it, like yeah. you said, it's the relationships, it's the conversations you have that are life-changing and yeah, will make you a better person. Oh, totally. I like, I just wrote, um, something about getting my most scared friend to come down to Ecuador last year with me when I went, I traveled for three months through South America Mm -hmm. and she like had this really awesome little love affair with this guy named Carlos. (laughs) (laughs) And like, and it was, it really was eye opening. She was so scared. Like everyone's going to steal our stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then she met this guy who was like, so nice that he drove two hours with her in the taxi to take her to the airport at the end of the week and then two hours back. And it's just like, he was such a sweetheart and I loved him. He was so nice and great. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, that yeah, the real kind of travel and you know, if you Mm want to go to a resort in Mexico and be like, this is not the, just don't only go to resorts. Exactly. Don't only go on a cruise. Don't only have the prepackaged bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get the fuck out there mm-hmm. and see reality. Yeah. We are in a huge bubble from reality. And so yeah. I, I feel like my, like the thing that I think about my education is like, I gave myself my eyes. Yeah. That's just the way that I describe it because I don't think that we're really educated unless mm-hmm. you can spend some time actually seeing the world. Yeah. You can't just educate yourself by reading books. You have to experience life. And just just also, I think a lot of people don't have the, like really, really, truly have the the understanding that the world is actually quite big. There are people Ooh. that don't give a crap what you're doing because they're living their own lives in the other side of the world. You yeah. need to kind of, you recognize you're in a bubble. This is what's going on. There's a whole other world going on outside and you have to kind of see that for yourself. Yeah, I think that I definitely have like white protagonist syndrome mm-hmm. where it's, you know, you see America as like ground zero and everything yeah, goes out from that. And then you like get elsewhere. I, it was very good for me to like be someone who didn't speak the language in another country and struggle with language and see how hard it is to express yourself and to be that vulnerable when you can't speak. And so it was a very humbling experience and it's totally, you know, Mm-hmm. I mean, I got back like I left ten years ago. Got back eight years ago, and I still—I mean, it's all in my book. There's so many stories about people yeah. in my book. It, the opening scene starts yeah. with me on a bus in Paraguay. So I love that. It, it was everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, where can people pick up a copy of your book? It is so out now. It's uh, out, and it is called "Welcome to the Writer's Life," mm-hmm. and they can find it on Amazon or at. 
indie bookstores um, like Powell's. Awesome. We have an online ordering system as well. And uh, yeah, there's also going to be coaching along with the book and, yeah. and a lot of other things, hopefully in the future where it's just kind of, um, you know, this is how I want to live my life is as a writer who helps writers be writers. So it's very yeah. fun for me. Yeah. And you also have a course that um, is kind of a good companion um, to this, but is it something that's part of the, where can people learn about that course or do they have to live? So that's called um, the writer's welcome kit and the, more information about that will be on the website, which will be awesome. uh, welcome to the writer's life.com. Awesome. Yay. Well, thanks for taking the time to chat with me about all You're things. Awesome. Thank you so much. Money and life. I liked this. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited. I feel like you're going to have a really, really awesome life. I, I know this is book one of many mm-hmm. books to come. So I can't wait to write, uh, read your, I would love to read a, a personal finance book by you from someone who like really <laughs> isn't just like, Oh, this is how you do this and this. It's like, no, no, no. no. Let's talk to a real person that de- dealt with like lots of different aspects of, uh, yeah. of life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. And that was episode 174 with Paulette Perhatch. You can uh, check her out at fuckofffund.com. It's super fun just to Google that. Um, you're definitely going to want to check out that article, though, because it really was. I remember reading it. And I'm like, wow. Like, I just could visualize it. It really affected me. So I know you're you're going to love it. So, um, again, I'll, I'll put all that uh, stuff in the show notes, jessicamorehouse.com slash 174. Also, make sure to grab a copy of her newly released book called Welcome to the Writer's Life. Um, it's especially if you are are interested in kind of pursuing some part of being a writer, whatever that means, like maybe you want to, you know, write for a magazine or a newspaper or just start your own blog or whatever. This is kind of like the perfect book for that purpose. It's, it's going to be exactly what you're looking for. So uh, again, welcome to the writer's life is what it's called. Um, Oh, yeah. And also, she's got some really cute stuff. She's got some swag she's selling specifically for like writers. So super nerdy writer stuff, which I mean, I'm all up in. I love it. You can just uh, check out some she's got some like cute bags, some clu- uh, cute um, mugs, a wall clock, all these cute things. And it's all at society6.com slash welcome to the writer's life. Um, got some important things to share. So do not go away. Um, so yeah, just stick around for two secs. Uh, I just gonna share a few words about this episode sponsor. This episode of the Mo Money podcast is supported by FabFitFun. If there's one thing I love, it's saving money. I honestly can't remember the last time I bought something that wasn't on sale or had a promo code that made the price go down. And that's exactly why FabFitFun is right up my alley. Not only do you get 8 to 10 full-size products for beauty, fashion, fitness, and lifestyle, but you only pay a fraction of the price it would cost you to buy them individually yourself. I'm talking about getting $200 worth of goodies for only $49.99. And right now, FabFitFun is giving all Mo Money podcast listeners a special $10 off promo code to try it out. All you have to do is go to FabFitFun.com and use promo code MONEY to claim the discount. Once again, go to FabFitFun.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y and get $10 off your purchase. I just remembered, um, it's Halloween. It's October 31st, y'all. So happy Halloween. Obviously, I'm recording this in advance, but also specifically today, I'm getting back from a little uh, mini vacay that me and my husband uh, did. We went to Halifax for a few days to surprise um, a friend of ours. It was his birthday, and him and his wife just moved uh 
well, they're originally from Toronto. They lived in Montreal for a year, then just moved to Halifax. And so we, uh, this is so close. And because, you know, we manage our money rate, we, we had some money to spare. And so we, you know, caught a flight to Halifax and also visited some, uh, family while we're there too. So love the Maritimes. So gorgeous. Um, so anyways, uh, happy Halloween. Um, I'm not doing nothing today. I'm on a flight back home. Not that I really enjoy the holiday of Halloween. I just like, I get so anxious about like, you know, are we staying home and giving out candy? And honestly, kids never come to our door, never have. So it's always so disappointed when I buy a bunch of candy and then no one comes and then I'm stuck with a big box of candy and then I have to eat all of it myself. I know I do not have to, but obviously I'm going to if there's a big box of candy left in my house. Um, or if we're going out, it's like, oh, what are we going to dress as? And honestly, honestly, when you look online for like costumes, why is everything so sexy? I don't, I don't want to be sexy. I'm cold. I live in Canada. I'm cold. I want something that's like warm. The only thing I found was like a Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus, you know, costume. And yeah, I was down with that. But still, we need some more options. You know what I mean? Anyways, um, one thing I wanted to share just in case you are new to the show or maybe you've been listening for a while, but you forgot about it. I run a Facebook group. It is called the Money Life Balance Community. And uh, there's over, over 1,500 people in there right now. And it is amazing. It is a safe space where you can ask any question. There's no such thing as a dumb question because a question that you just, you know, you think is dumb, it just means you just don't have the answer yet. So there you go. So it's a no judgment zone it is all about um, supporting each other. Um, asking questions, educating ourselves, and empowering ourselves through uh, personal finance. So make sure to hop on in there. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash money life balance. Get right in there. And, you know, you'll probably also want to get on my email list, jessicamorehouse.com slash subscribe, because I always put some really great stuff in there. I always share my um, latest blog posts, latest videos, latest podcast episodes, um, event announcements, contests, Oh, so many good things. So make sure to get yourself on that list. It also gives you access or you can get access easily um, to my full resource library. So I have a ton of freebies, um, you know, checklists, spreadsheets, things to help you in your financial life for free. And you can get access to that if you uh, get on my email list. So make sure to do that. Um, um, That's really it. That's all I've got. Thank you so much for sticking around and listening. I'm going to be back here Oh my gosh, November's next week. How is that happening, guys? <gasps> Anyways, I'm going to be back here next week for episode 175. And uh, I look forward to having you back here. So thanks again for listening. I'm going to see you back here next Wednesday. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.